Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's the most infamous intro song in the history of professional wrestling. I don't even know if Coach Marty's a professional wrestling guy or not, but if he was, I guess I should say in a different life, he certainly could be. Welcome back to On Is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Missed anything in the first hour? Montana Football Hour. Talked all things Bobcats, Big Sky Conference, Grizz during their bye week, headed into this Idaho game, as well as a look at the national landscape. Had some Big Sky Conference power rankings as well. And it got you a little bit of an early look at Montana against Idaho coming up this Saturday uh, at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joined me. You can find that whole conversation on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by the M Store, the Advocates, and the MSU Bookstore. If you're looking for a place to watch some football, the Silver Slipper has 55 TVs for you to watch all the sports. Whether it's the NBA, which starts soon. Don't look now, but basketball is on the horizon. The NFL, the NHL, anything in between, the Silver Slipper will have it on for you. They got drink specials every day. 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else you should be hanging out and watching your favorite teams. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Across the street from Walmart on Brooks. You can also check them out on Facebook for daily drink specials and up-to-date info. What's up, Coach? How you living? We are juicing this thing up with pro wrestling <laughs> and music. Hey, I'm a pro wrestling guy. Now, you are know you? where the pro wrestling Hall of Fame is. That's in Wichita Falls, Texas. I've been twice. Let's go. Uh, it, it, it's awesome. Uh, but my, the, one of the hardest things I had to do. Yeah, and you you know we all have to do several hard things when you're raising you know four kids. Sure, of course. But was telling my what seven, eight, nine year old son that the pro wrestling thing was choreographed oh, just man. a little bit. Oh man! And it was a fight. Oh, buddy! Uh, yeah, we had to you know uh, slow motion you know run it back and yeah. slow motion yeah, yeah. it. And, uh, but but what a talented men those those guys oh. are. I mean, uh, they, these guys are athletes. But it is choreographed to at least a little bit of an extent. There's this new documentary series. It's actually been, this is the second season of it. But A&E, which does great biographies on a variety of different uh, subject matters, they have one on the WWE superstars. And one of the biggest takeaways I had from it is twofold. One, those guys are they're unbelievable athletes. You wonder how much pro, pro wrestling has suffered from the rise of football in the last 25 years, right? Because there's a lot of guys that maybe used to become heavyweight champion of the world, that now they're just playing left tackle for, you know, somebody, or they're just playing defensive. I mean, Aaron Donald might have been more inclined to be a pro wrestler in 1977 if he couldn't make, you know, $30 million a year like he does in the NFL. But the other thing I learned is that, you know, the, the end result is choreographed, but the guy who is the best showman, who works the hardest, who can represent the company, he's the one that gets the story written for him to be the champion. So the best guy still is the best guy. And, you know, it is. The end result is choreographed, but when they're jumping off the ropes into the crowd, I mean, 
That's real. I mean, this, yeah, but when they're smacking oh, the guy sure. and blood's coming for out, sure, you're, for sure. it's a little, uh, you know. But uh, in fact, I had a tackle. You were talking about tackles. Yeah. Uh, uh, semi-famous pro wrestler, Snitsky. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, and I remember him, him being outside the locker room after one of our games when I was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles and but big Bobby Cade was a little kid at the time, you know, probably about eight or nine with his buddy. And Snitsky, you know, he had the big chain collar, and, <laughs> you know, and he was a big, big dude with great feet, great athleticism for his size. And that's the way most of those pro wrestlers are. Absolutely. Those guys are, are they're, they're no question uh, premier athletes. Marty Mornenweg in studio with us here on Nuan is now it's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Presented in part by Dazzler's Car Wash. Coming up, we got a $50 gift card for you to Dazzler's Car Wash. We're hooking you up with so much stuff for your car. I already gave you $50 at Town Pump. We'll give you $50 at Dazzler's uh, here coming up, so stay tuned uh, for that. Uh, Grizz were on a bye this week, Coach, and so now they're into the second half of the season, and the gauntlet sort of begins. you got a rival in Idaho coming to town, and then you got what I think is going to be the pivotal moment of the season for the, for the Grizz when they go to Sac State and then they go to Weber State. And if they can get through that, then all of a sudden everything out that they want to be in front of them is going to be in front of them. What do you think of the Grizz at the midpoint here so far this year? Well, it starts now. I mean, this season starts now. We're going to find out. I've got them as a heck of a team, a team to be reckoned with. Uh, I'm talking with the national championship type of scope. Very, very good in all three aspects. Now, just looking at the last game, the offense take care of the ball. That's right. And I'm sure Bobby's got that taken care of, you know, real quick in yeah, his bye week. I'm sure the, the guys that turn the ball over in the red zone, then going into a bye week where you don't have to worry about keeping the guys fresh, I bet you that those guys' Tuesday practices were not very fun. No, nah, they, they, they got that. I will tell you, however, I remember back when I was coordinating for the San Francisco 49ers. Same guys. Mm. Same emphasis. We taught ball security the same exact way. Five points of ball security. You know, all those things, right? And one year, we had like six balls on the ground the whole year. The next year, we had like six in the first four games. Now, we didn't lose them all. But I'm yeah. going, okay. And I put it on the play. I said, okay, look. We're teaching it the same way. We're emphasizing the same way. For the most part, it's the same play. What in the heck is going on? And it's a little bit cyclic, right? right? And you just reemphasize the, the ball security thing. Things end up going your way just a little bit. Can sometimes you put too much? I mean, do you think if you emphasize it too much, it puts it in their head a little bit? No, I've been asked that before. Yeah. I don't think you can emphasize something too much as long as it's done in a positive way. Like, I never say the word, the D word, don't. Right. I always, you take care of that ball, five points of ball lever, you know, all, all of those things. Uh, make sure the tip's covered. We take care of the ball. We will have possession of the ball after every offensive play. That's the mentality that needs to happen, and I'm sure they've got that figured out. Defensively, they let them back into the game just a little bit. I thought they were a little bit over-aggressive. They played some zero and gave their opponent, which wasn't as good of them, a little opportunity. That was probably their only chance, right? Yep. The special team's always good. They've got special teams that can not only play solid special teams, but they can create big plays as well, uh, uh, scoring plays and, and, and turnover plays and, and those type of things. So I think they're in great shape 
But down the stretch, here we come. I mean, this is getting close to down the stretch yep. and into the playoffs. So I'm I'm excited about this next game. And Idaho, I think, is a pretty good football team. Idaho 2-0 in Big Sky Conference play. They've won three in a row. Uh, their first two games were against uh, Power 5 schools. So uh, they've, they've played a tough schedule, and uh, they're coming in here undefeated. They're also coming off of a bye. Coach Mortaweg played his college ball here at the University of Montana, quarterback on the 1982 Big Sky Conference champion Grizzlies. And, Coach, that was when the Big Sky looked a lot different than it does now, yep. particularly with the the uh, the old iteration of the Vandals. They've been trying to find their footing since they came back to the Big Sky Conference these last five years. And I know that uh, it, it's been a point of great glee for many Grizz fans, the fact that Idaho moved up and, and kind of left the Grizz behind like they wanted to say, and then they weren't any good at the top level. And then they kind of came crawling back and say, hey, can we, can we be partners with our neighbors again? But when you harken back to the 1980s, when Dennis Erickson was the head coach, then John L. Smith, I mean, Idaho was a quarterback factory, a national power. What do you remember about the Vandals from when you were playing? Yeah, Erickson turned it around, uh, and, and then John L. took it from there. And Dennis Erickson's son, of course, Bryce, is coaching the tight ends for the Grizz. So uh, uh, th- there's a little family, probably, uh, thing going on with Erickson's this week. But uh, I, I, I suspect all of the Erickson's are our Grizz fans this weekend. But I remember just kicking their bleeps. That's what I remember. You know, I mean, it's just that simple. I mean, the Big Sky back then. They left the Big Sky when Boise and Nevada sort of left. That's right. They didn't want to get left behind. That's right. It worked for Boise and Nevada, at least to some extent. It didn't work for Idaho. This is where they belong. It makes the Big Sky even deeper. Uh, And this new coach, Eck, right, South Dakota State type of guy, most of that staff's from there, right? They've done a good job there. All of that, he's really got them turned around and playing good football. There are two losses to to, to, uh, 1A type of schools. Well, I believe both losses were one-score type of games. Uh, That's right. Idaho was up 10-0 at Indiana, and then the Hoosiers kind of pulled away. I think they ended up winning by 17. But they took Washington State down the wire. They only lost by a touchdown 24-17 in the Battle of the Palouse. And then they beat Drake, and they've won their first two uh, Big Sky Conference games as well. Went to Flagstaff, got a big win over Northern Arizona, and then they drilled Northern Colorado on homecoming before taking a bye. So it should be a good one. Last last question here on, on Idaho. Not necessarily about Idaho, but about a certain dynamic. Jason Eck was a great offensive lineman at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Now he's an offensive coordinator. There's actually, you, you sort of think most play callers would be like you, a quarterback. But there's actually quite a few guys that were offensive linemen that could become pretty good play callers. I mean, Andy Reid's one of the best of all time, and he's a former offensive lineman. What do you think goes into that? How, how does offensive linemen become uh, an excellent play caller? Why are sometimes, that does, is that a good marriage? I don't think many have. I think there's a handful, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And some of it depends on... How you were sort of raised in the game, yep. who you played for, who you were a GA for, who you coached for. My good friend Andy Reid, he played at BYU with Lavelle Edwards. That's right. I mean, they were a throwing machine back then. They believed in the past before the time, for sure. Sort of before, you know, two, two decades earlier than, so they were ahead of their time. I think the whole whack was, they and were. to some extent, the big sky. Uh, as far as throwing the ball. And then, of course, he was a GA at, at BYU. And then, of course, he, he co- we coached together under Mike Holmgren and the 49ers yep. system. Very, very creative. So that O-line experience. And then also 
the background of throwing the football and being creative and and actually understanding what exactly wins games and how to go about it, I think those line coaches really do well in the play call. You get most line coaches, and they want to out-physical you, run the ball. That's so important to them because it was so important to them for 20 years when they were coaching the line. The Watson Children's Shelter has their annual Tennis Pro-Am fundraiser coming up next Thursday through next Sunday. They have a live auction there at the Barn on Mullen at the Ranch Club. Ryan Tutel, former uh, co-host of this show, will MC the event. And they have all sorts of ways to raise money for a really good cause. This program goes towards supporting the Watson Children's Center in their mission to provide safety, nurturing, and stability to children and families through quality service and trauma-informed care. To find more uh, out about this fundraiser, you can visit watsonchildrenscelter.org. That's watsonchildrenscelter.org. Marty Mornenweg joining us here in studio on Nuan is Now, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. The Monday afternoon quarterback is presented in part by Rome Student Housing. Rome Student Housing is located right there on Front Street. It's a beautiful uh, place for your potential or current students to live. They have all sorts of living options. It's right there next to Kiwanis Park. So you got tennis courts, basketball courts, volleyball courts right out your back door. Uh, they got laundry facilities, multiple study rooms, an interior courtyard with fire pits, grilling stations, ping pong tables, outdoor seating. They even have a sun tanning deck. It's only about a 15-minute walk uh, to the University of Montana, and you can also catch the Mountain Line bus right down there as well. Go check out Rome Student Housing there on Front Street, and uh, appreciate Rome for their continued sponsorship of the Monday Afternoon Quarterback with Coach Marty. Uh Coach, in the NFL, well, I guess there's there's so many different dichotomies between college and the pros. Because in college, you're recruiting a kid, you have a system. If you've been there for a little while, you want to find a guy to fit your system. Bobby Houck did a great job of finding Lucas Johnson to do that uh, this year. Montana State, similar dynamic. They want to have you know running-style quarterbacks. They got two of them. That's been able to get the Cats uh, sustaining here in the, in the top four in the country. In the NFL, it's a little different, though, because sometimes it's the front office and the coaches, and there's a little difference of opinion. I'm asking you, though, what happens when you have an established but not necessarily dynamic or not necessarily elite yet quarterback, and then you bring in a coach? How do you sort of mesh a system? I'm specifically looking at the New York Giants. Daniel Jones looked like he was fast-tracking to be in a huge bust. Well, not so fast. The Giants are 4-1 after beating the Packers yesterday. So much of the credit's going to Brian Dable, and justifiably so. What's it like when you got a, a new coaching staff coming in trying to meld an offense around a guy who's already been there? The first thought that comes to my mind is your offensive system has to be varied enough to sort of be able to function at a high level with any style of quarterback. It just has to be. Let's say your starter's more of a dropback. But your backup's more of a of a mobile type of guy. Your system, I've known this since I was about 12. Your system has to be very enough to handle any style of athlete at any position, by the way. So those teams, even in college to some extent, now you, what you said is true. But let's say the starter goes down and your third guy is, is a mobile yeah. type guy or a dropback type guy. Yeah. You have to be able... To adjust, and it's got to already be in the system. You can't go install 15 different pass plays just because, and no reps, it doesn't work. You better be working those things all offseason, into training camp, into the preseason, and then even some during the season. When it comes to, to 
becoming a head coach for the first time, what are the biggest challenges? Because Dable has been a coordinator at multiple levels. He's at Alabama with Nick Saban, then he was with the Buffalo Bills. A lot of credit for developing Josh Allen. And now he's doing a great job there in New York, at least five games into the year. You've gone through this before when you become an offensive coordinator and then all of a sudden you become a head coach. What's the biggest challenges in the NFL? Well, there's two things. The, the, the media is a huge pull on head coaches. Yeah. When you're an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, you talk to the media basically once a week. You have a press conference. It's sort of mandatory. Uh, and, and as a head coach, you may it's not once a week. It's every single day. For sure. Sometimes multiple times. In a particular day. So that's a big pull, and it takes you away from really what you think you should be doing. So if you can kind of stay above that, right, and 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 become a, a really a good delegator, and then I think there's other things that go into it. Some head coach try to do a little too much uh, instead of delegating, which was, I, was, I was getting to. That part is so, so important for a head coach yeah. because you're dealing with owners, presidents, GMs, Players, coordinators, assistant coach, there's a, a trainers, equipment guy. There are so many pulls on you that you better be sort of presidential. Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty Mornaway joining us in studio, breaking out all things NFL. is presented in part by Dazzler's Car Wash. You want a $50 gift card to Dazzler's? Call us right now. Call number 5-406-888-1029. That's 888 Call number five. We got a $50 gift card for you to Dazzler's Car Wash. This is perfect. You can come pick it up right here. Emma's little broadcasting company. It's just right across the street. Uh, actually, not even the street, right across the parking lot. So come hang out with us. Come see us. Get your gift card, 406-888-1029. The news of the day, coach, in the NFL, Matt Rule, fired. No. Uh, not surprised. Just basically watching the Panthers. And this is yet another example, though, of a college coach Coming into the NFL with some innovative ideas and all these, uh, you know, all this hoopla, and uh, no dice. It, it, it looked like it was bad from the beginning, but he's not alone. I mean, you could argue that Nick Saban and Urban Meyer are the two greatest college coaches of the last twenty-five years. Yep. They both were terrible in the NFL. Correct. Why is it so hard for college coaches to transition to the league? It's a whole different game. It's a, totally the, different sport, right? The, the dynamics are different as well. Yeah. So those two things are big. Matt Rule's situation, that was quarterback-related. I right. mean, he went through, what, eight or ten? I can't even count on that. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. In such a short period of time. It doesn't work real well that way. So that's first with him. And then the college-to-pro thing. I suppose the only one that did really well was the great Jimmy Johnson there in Dallas. And, and Pete Carroll has had a resurgence. He was Pete Carroll was... Uh, an NFL coach to a college coach and then back to and an NFL back. coach. So yeah. he had he had NFL experience, but uh, Jimmy Johnson, what did he go? 1-14, I believe, in, <laughs> in year one, year, yeah. 1-15, whatever. I remember Troy Aikman was on the team, and as a starter, I believe Troy went like 0-10 or 0-11 or some crazy That's thing right. like that. Yeah. So, so and they, and and then they they built it through the draft and uh, and he hired some really good guys. Yeah. Uh, he hired Norv Turner after his first year, if I remember this correctly, and Norv ended up being a great coordinator for many many years. So, uh, whole different dynamics. You're dealing with men. Yeah, you know, the, right. the NFL game is one grown man kick another grown man's butt. I mean, that, and you do it together, yeah. right? And that that's the game. It's a little bit different in college. You know, in college, the head coach sort of has to be the face of the football program right. because 
every now it's even less but you know it right. used to be every four years and now it's even a little less sometimes it's three or even less years you're turning over those players so quickly in the NFL the players have to sort of be the f- face of the franchises uh, because you're paying them uh, quite a little bit of coin there and uh, but anyway, so it's so different college yeah. to the NFL, and you, uh, the coaches that have had any success at all, adjust to it really quickly and really well. Well, it's, and it's just a totally different. Like you mentioned the, the men versus boys. I mean, I know that you, you can be a young man when you're in college to a certain extent, but you also have such a, a more closed dynamic of, of the ages of guys on your team, right? I mean, in college, they're 18 to 23 results. So you can sort of have them have a similar structure of rules and expectations. Whereas in the NFL, you might have a 21-year-old defensive back and, you know, a 39-year-old offensive guard, right? I mean, these guys are not even in the same stage of life. I've coached quarterbacks who are young and single. I've coached quarterbacks <laughs> right. who are old with four kids. <laughs> right. I, you know, so, yes, that dynamic, the dynamics in the NFL are much, much different. And, look, it's way easier to bring a man in your office, shut the door, and have a little come-to-Jesus meeting in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they're so much mature, they've been sure. through, but they've lived life a few more years. Uh, and, and then, and then, uh, even on the field in the NFL, the really good teams t- typically they'll get they'll get on the field, get up, and get off the field, and they rely on the preparation so much more. Colleges spend two and a half, three hours on the field getting their reps, which. They need it, right? Uh, so, uh, so they're getting better every day, where in the NFL you rely on the preparation. The last uh, broad question I want to ask you, it's a Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty Mordenweg here in, uh, in studio on ESPN Radio. Uh, last one I want to ask you is last Thursday night, uh, a game that set social media on fire because the, most of the football-watching pundits, they want points and, uh, and fantasy points and, and all that stuff. You know, they bet the over. I, I kind of like slugfests like that, but no touchdowns, uh, just a whole bunch of field goals. They went to overtime, and uh, the Indianapolis Colts get a big win for them over the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are struggling. But the narrative coming out of it, though, was how reminiscent the interception in the end zone was for Russell Wilson for the Broncos uh, to when he did that in the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. And Richard Sherman's a postgame analyst now on on the Amazon, and, and Sherman was – I mean, he was outside of his mind. He was so mad because you could tell it would. It, it sort of triggered his memory of that Super Bowl loss. How much of that in those situations is on the quarterback? Oh, almost all of it. The quarterback's the man yeah. that has his hands on the ball. And I, I thought the play selection was poor as well. Uh, uh, you know, and Carson did. Carson Wentz. Yep. Uh, Same thing, threw, threw a pick, pick in the end zone I mean, uh, against man the Titans. alive, what are we doing, man? Right? So you, we have to be above all of that as quarterbacks. Uh, and, you, you know, you call it the game management and the feel of the game. All, and those two players have done it previous, multiple times. So instincts, feel of the game. Now, I think both of them are instinctual players. But you have to have the mindset. When it happens once... Okay, you go back through it. You've got to admit it. You've got to find a solution. You correct it and you move on fast. But to the point mentally where you go, that will never happen again. And the quarterbacks that have that mentality, it tends to never happen again. Or it happens like once in a blue moon, once every you know year or decade. But those things just and, – and it's what happens is it blows up a little bit of the team morale when those things sure. happen 
on more than on a rare occasion. Monday afternoon quarterback, Marty Mornowig, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. We do this the second hour of every Monday show here on Nuanas Now. It's presented in part by Front Street Pizza. Front Street Pizza right below Rome Student Housing. So maybe if you're taking tours, you want to go check out Rome, you can also go get yourself a slice of za. They got traditionally sourced pizza. It's like New York style. They got all sorts of great different varieties. You can get it by the slice. You can get full pizza pies. They also have delicious sides like garlic knots. So go check out Front Street Pizza. They're on Front Street across from the old public library, just up from the new public library. Winners and losers from this last Sunday. We'll do that next. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. Two point nine ESPN Radio Missoula. Little Willie, little Waylon for you here on your radio. Actually, a little Merle Haggard too. This is so many different versions of one of the great songs ever. Little Poncho and Lefty for you here on your uh, radio dial. Welcome back, New Orleans now ESPN Radio. You know, if we're listening to some Outlaw Country, it's because the main man Marty Mornowig in studio with us. It is the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty talking all things NFL. Uh, let's do some winners and losers from this last Sunday, Coach. First of all, uh, I thought one of the best games of the morning slate uh, was the Los Angeles Chargers getting a big win uh, over the Cleveland Browns. Austin Eckler went all the way off. He's a friend of the show. We connected with Austin on Twitter during uh, the the pandemic. He was doing some workout videos for the people, so he came on to promote it. It was cool, and now every time I see him balling in the NFL, it's uh, very fun. But his outstanding performance aside, that was sort of a pivotal game. I know we're only in week five, but, I mean, you're talking the difference between two and three and three and two for two playoff hopefuls, uh, especially given the hype that they both had. That's a big win for the Chargers. Both teams needed that one. Like you were I 100% agree with you. Like you were saying, it's a little early, but every game counts the same, and the difference between two and three and three and two is huge in the NFL right now. What do you think of Justin Herbert so far? Because he, he's he's been – this is such a huge deal for young quarterbacks, right? They have their breakout, and then they go through an offseason where everybody's tell. I mean, when you if he wanted to, he could have turned on the radio anywhere in the country and somebody would be talking about how he's the next guy. He's the guy that's going to be the challenger to Mahomes, blah, blah, blah. It's hard to kind of manage that level of hype with young guys. Especially nowadays. That part's true. Yeah. And then the second part to that – is all of these defensive coordinators right. have film on this young man. Right. And so we've talked about it. What are his strengths and try to stymie those and what are his weaknesses and go after him. And so everybody has strengths and weaknesses. The greatest players in the game have strengths as well as weaknesses. But somehow, some way, you've got to play to your player's strengths. This man is a talented, talented man. And I'm questioning whether the team around him is ready to roll sort of with him. And so as that team gets better and better and that quarterback gets more experience, then all of a sudden the ball of fire hits and they, they start rolling and stacking wins upon wins upon wins. 
The Browns are in an interesting situation, too. What do you think of this scenario? We don't have to talk about the details of Deshaun Watson because we don't do that around here. We're trying to have fun and be happy. But they did sort of handcuff themselves to this future that they don't know when it's going to come. Then they also have this other kid in Jacoby Brissett who's, who's actually pretty good. He's just not the other guys that he's been involved with throughout the years. But other than that, though, the Browns are great up front. They have two unbelievably good running backs. Where are we at with the Browns? Before the season started... This was my perception. If they could go around 500 uh, before b- before Watson comes back, because Watson, he, he's, he's got some special qualities to him. With Brissett, who I know pretty well because my oldest son, Skyler, and he played together. At Florida, right? At Florida. Yeah. So I'm a big Brissett fan, and I sort of may overvalue him sure. because I, I I know him a little bit, and I think he's really a good quality quarterback. He made a huge mistake uh, late in that game. He did, uh, and I've seen that these type of things happen way too much for an NFL quarterback nowadays. And well, we were t- talking about it during the break. There's a way that the coach and the play caller can keep a quarterback out of the mess by by calling certain plays and running certain plays. So uh, I'm questioning some of the play calls uh, at the end of the game as well. Big winners and losers from the NFL. How about one of the losers? I thought uh, the Green Bay Packers that are up and down, I don't think they have much to worry about in the big picture. But I, I think it's clear that if they're – if you're at this point in his career with Aaron Rodgers, the expectation has to be to win the conference and go to the Super Bowl. He doesn't have all the time in the world left. He's only got a, probably a few years left to be playing at an elite, unbelievably high level. And I think that for them to get there, especially after yesterday's loss, I think it's very clear they need a little bit more help. I would never discount the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, just because Aaron Rodgers is such a high-quality quarterback. And uh, you, you remember after the first game, don't worry about the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. He'll get that thing fixed. All the great quarterbacks do, including Tom Brady. Tom Brady will likely get that offense fixed. They they finally scored some points uh, and still lost. But I would expect the same out of Aaron Rodgers. I am sort of questioning, like everybody else, are they good enough around him? Yeah, that's right. And and a, a, a great quarterback, to show all of his greatness, you need to have that thing built around him. And I'm questioning that just a little bit, but let's not discount Aaron Rodgers and his ability to get the thing right. I think that he'll he'll keep them in it. I just think that if you're there's a few teams, a few franchises in the league where the expectation is more than just Making the playoffs and for them, where they're at as a franchise, I think it's it's more than that. I think that they got to be, you know, in the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl uh, for this to to be worth it. Well, and the, the other thing is Aaron Rodgers' expectations of everybody around him is sky high, and I think some of the young fellas need to learn exactly what the expectations are and play to those expectations. NFL winners and losers during uh, this Monday's Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. Dazzler's Car Wash located right here on Radio Way. They do an outstanding job keeping your rig clean. As we're getting into winter, I know it's still 70-plus degrees out there right now, but winter is around the corner. In Missoula, they use all this de-icer. It gets on the bottom of your rig, your truck. They'll clean that off for you, keep the paint job all nice, keep your rig in good shape. 
Check out our good friends at Dazzler's Car Wash right next to us here on the Missoula Broadcasting Company on Radio Way, right off of North Reserve. Another winner, Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. I think that um, one of the big questions you always get in the NFL is if you have a coach that's been there for a while and he's a certain style of coach, and then all of a sudden through the draft or whatever, your roster becomes different than what that coach. I think Mike Zimmer's a really good coach. I think when the when the Vikings had a defensive style of personnel and they had Everson Griffin in his prime and Anthony Barr and Michael Kendricks and Harrison Smith and Xavier Rhodes, all these great players defensively, great. All of a sudden, you know, you're winning playoff games. Their personnel shifted to be offensive-oriented and Mike Zimmer and his staff weren't able to put those guys in a position to succeed. Now they got an offensive-minded head coach and they're scoring points in bunches. And, you know, Kirk Cousins, for as much as I rant about him, he's been okay Better yet, though, he's been putting his guys, especially Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, two of the best in the NFL, in a position to succeed. Pretty good performance so far for these first-year head coaches, including Kevin O'Connell. Well, there's two that have done really well, Dayball and O'Connell. I think O'Connell has lived up to the expectation that he could take some talented men on that offensive side and score points at a high rate, and that's, that's what they've done. Now, this is still early in the season. For sure. So, scheduling... We've talked about this before, Coulter. Scheduling is so important, sort of looking back on a team's success or failure. So is this scheduling for the Giants and for the Vikings? I think the Vikings are pretty good. I think the Giants are pretty good, but I think the Giants are playing sort of above their head just a little bit. They've won three of their four wins are single-digit wins, you know, one-score type of wins, uh, if I'm recollecting right. So... We'll see as the season goes on and then down the stretch is where you really see the championship-type teams come to the front. Another loser from this last weekend's NFL, unfortunately, because I loved Hard Knocks this year. It was so entertaining. But I also I texted my brother in the midst of Hard Knocks going on with the Detroit Lions, and I said, man, this, this Dan Campbell – Experiment is going to be fascinating. He's got all sorts of juice. His staff is super, super unique. And I said, this is going to, this could go really well or maybe not. And they got into shootouts and were competitive the, for the first couple weeks. And then they just ran into a brick wall and didn't look good at all yesterday against the Patriots. How much do you got to worry about a coach like that, though, that just lives off of enthusiasm? Because when you don't, I guess when the rubber doesn't meet the road, the message maybe doesn't get through to the guys, right? It looked like they played with great effort yeah. and passion, and then they kind of broke just a little bit. Yeah. So I do think Dan Campbell has them playing uh, at, a, at a high level until this past week. Yeah. Just with the passion and the energy and finishing plays. And it's too bad. I know a couple coaches really well, and more than a couple on that staff. Sure. So I'm, I'm rooting for them. Dan Campbell is sort of a little bit like Parcells. Yeah. And if you remember Parcells. And he played for Parcells, right? Yeah, that's in right. In Dallas, right. So he's got a little bit of that. That style, and I heard Parcells talk about himself, you know, four or five years at one spot, and that was probably enough time just because of the way he went about his business. Uh, I remember playing them in the Super Bowl when he was the head coach of the Patriots, and uh, there was two weeks between the championship game and the Super Bowl, and we got all our work done that first week and went to the Super Bowl, and we were not in pads one day. They were in pads like on Wednesday, Tuesday, Amazing. Wednesday, Thursday. It was crazy. They're in pads. That was his philosophy. That was his style. Dan Campbell is much like that. 
but it lasts only a certain amount of time. Even sometimes during the season, you better have some results with that sort of style in the NFL. Another winner from the weekend, Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints. Taysom Hill, they've been it's been sort of a dabbling of all of the things he can do. And then yesterday they just took the reins off and they, he did everything. I mean, he, he threw, I didn't even realize when he threw the touchdown, the go ahead touchdown against the Seahawks. I didn't actually even realize it was him in there for a minute. I was like, man, what a throw. Nice throw. And then I was like, let's take some Hill. But have you ever had a weapon like this? Have you ever had a guy that you can do so much stuff with? Cause sometimes it feels like if you can do so much, you do too much. But yesterday I thought they used him brilliantly. I've had linemen. So a select few that could play all five spots. I've had halfbacks that could play receiver and happen. I've had quarterbacks, wildcat type quarterbacks that could do all these, but nothing like this man. This man is a hellacious special teams player. He is. He can play sort of off the ball, tight end. He can play in the box. He's a physical, physical guy. He can play quarterback. He can play running back. He can play receiver. He can throw them. all of those things. There, I'm not sure there's been a man that ever. Maybe they've been as talented, but they've never been utilized for sure in all these various ways as Taysom Hill. What a what a fantastic football player this guy is. Speaking of great football players, Troy Anderson, Montana State product, a Dillon, Montana native. The Falcons lost yesterday, but what a moment. I mean, this kid's from a 4,000-person town. He got recruited by nobody besides the school he went to, Montana State. Second-round draft pick, so I know he has high expectations, but he was he, he hit the goat yesterday a couple of times. I mean, it was just cool for us that covered him in no Troy to see. I mean, that's kind of a, a, a unforgettable moment when a kid from small-town Montana gets to hit Tom Brady, you know, square up in the face a couple of times on a Sunday afternoon game. That's just the first of many great for sure. things for Troy Anderson. As long as he stays healthy, Coulter, this guy is going to do some great, great things in the NFL. And there's some great players come out of Montana, the state of Montana. For sure. And he's up there with the very best of them. A couple more winners from the, uh, the weekend that was the Jets. They won another big one, and now they're 3-2. and two. Even when they were really struggling last year, I was thinking to myself, okay, but they have a couple pieces. They did a pretty good job of drafting good guys on the lines. They also did a good job of drafting some good defensive backs last year. Then they had the new quarterback in. Now he's back healthy in Zach Wilson. Brees Hall looks really good at running back. The Jets are kind of sneaky, kind of good. Yeah, they're pretty good. And their coach, I know their coach Robert just Soleil, a little yeah. bit. You know, he's held up. Yeah. To the media, yeah, for sure, in New York, because they can. If you if you can't hold up, I've seen it happen to coach. They, the media will crush them, and so clear minded, clear eyes, and go do what you think's best for the football team, and stick to it, no matter what that New York media says. And it looks like this man is holding up. Couple more winners and losers. We're up against it, but I had Carson Wentz. We already talked about the bad pick in the end zone, so that is what it is. The Jags had an uh, opportunity to take control of the South. They didn't get it done. They lost to the Texans. That's going to be one that that haunts them down the road. I think they're going to be kicking themselves if they are uh, competitive uh, down the stretch. The last winner I had was Mike McCarthy because 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 he's been the head coach of multiple really visible franchises that are on you know Sunday Night Football all the time. McCarthy was always the scapegoat in Green Bay, even though he won a Super Bowl there. And he's been nothing but the scapegoat in Dallas. And now he might be the inside track for Coach of the Year. He's done a great job there with uh, Dak Prescott on the shelf. 
First of all, the Texans get off the snide. Yeah, right. That's a good thing for them and their future. And and all of those players. It is so difficult to go through loss after that. Well, they tied a game, but yeah, right. And then and then Mike McCarthy. Yeah, listen, he's done a really good job. Here's the problem, though. He's given up play calling. He went, you know, he, he yeah. he's not play calling where he gave it up in Green Bay. Something, and he's sort of uh, viewed as kind of a figurehead head coach that just is saying when to kick the field goal and when to go for it. And then he's got Jerry Jones there that does press conferences after every game. And and then radio shows during the week. So those are hard things to battle when you're a head coach. And you know Jerry Jones is talking to all of the players. This man's the head coach. He Everybody has to be sort of working under him. Uh, but anyways, I think he's done a heck of a job. Here's the key, though, Coulter. What happens? I think this is going to be a fascinating decision. Oh, what happens? When Dak comes back healthy, this Cooper Rush man, he this this young man, he's what five and zero. He's four and zero this year. That's right. He's five and zero as a starter for Dallas. How do you do that, right? How do you do it? the 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 old NFL thought process was no starter will ever lose his job due to injury. Well, this man's five and zero. Do they? If they do it with Dak, do they lose a little mojo? Right. That's that's the the, the thing. Or is Dak not quite healthy for a long period of time? It will be a fascinating decision, especially because they're playing a different style of football. They're leaning on their defense, and that's what gotten them to this point. Cowboys playing really well right now. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty here on uh, Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Chiefs Raiders, one of the best rivalries in the National Football League. That's your Monday Night Football. We'll give you a few minutes of that before we take you home here on your Monday. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. ESPN Radio. We had a loyal listener uh, say I had to play this for you. He said you, he said you'd laugh. <laughs> so, uh, Coach gets the joke. Thanks, thanks, Gobes. Thanks for uh, texting it. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Only got a couple minutes left. If you missed anything, missed anything in today's show, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store, uh, the Advocates, and the MSU Bookstore. Uh, Chiefs Raiders tonight. The Raiders were the best 0-3 team I've seen in a long time, and now they got a couple wins, and uh, the Chiefs just keep on rolling. So uh, what do you think of this one? There's a little bit of a rivalry element in this one as well. First of all, John Anderson and the Seminole win. Let's get to the Chiefs. Right? Now, you know I'm biased towards the Chiefs big time. So I, I see no problem for them tonight. But then you put the it's the it is the Raiders, the Raiders, right? Oh, I grew up with oh, you yeah. know, the Bears, oh, yeah. the Oakland Raiders. Uh, but you put that sort of thing on there, it's the Raiders and the Chiefs and there is some big time history to this thing. Oh, for sure. That those players know about and and they feel it a little bit. So, who knows, but look at the Chiefs are so so much a better football team at this point right here. Is there, we only got about two minutes left, but 
Do you get acclimated to playing on primetime all the time? I mean, it seems like the, the Chiefs are on national TV every single week, it seems like. It, it seems like they're just totally used to it. Hey, I will tell you, players and coaches, we love it. Love it. It's yeah. primetime. It's primetime. I remember primetime going to play the Giants or something. Hey, this is only the epicenter of, like, the universe. <laughs> We're on primetime. If you're going to do something great, you might as well do it. In primetime, let's roll. So... That's the mentality that both of these teams have. You love, you get, I mean, there's a difference between preseason and regular season and regular season. The play, there's a difference between a regular season game and a prime time regular season game. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. You can find it during the second hour every Monday here on Nuanas Now. If you miss anything in it, you can always find it on the podcast as well. The Grizz back home this weekend, so that means... Our man here will be on the call uh, on your television broadcast on the MTN Network across the state of Montana. So that will be uh, fun to listen into, and that should be a good Monday night game tonight. We'll be back at it with the Monday afternoon quarterback next week. Coach, a pleasure as always. Thanks for being here. Man, it was awesome. I had such a good time. We will see you next week. 102.9, huh? I love it. Uh, Keep it right here. Uh, We'll have all sorts of baseball action for you throughout the next couple weeks as well. Grizz hockey back in full force as well. And, of course, Nuanas Now. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Full high school slate for you. We'll see you then. ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, it's all we practice. Uh, you're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in M- Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 Dot com.